one. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and we are steamrolling through what is possibly our final season of the show. I know I've got to post rest for a little while and fun announcement to make, really, because I didn't really tell you guys I'd be doing this. But today's guest is the one and only Ronnie Lieber. If you don't know who this man is, you're about to be on a discovery journey. He is actually a very interesting person that from the very cursory research I did on him. Um, but I do know that our very good friend Courtney always sends me very interesting people that are fun, interesting, can deliver an insane amount of value. And trust me, you guys are going to be receiving that and more as we go forward. Before we get started, however, please listen out to the sponsorship, uh, sponsors of the show, which is, of course, greatestcopywriteralive.com. Go there and check out the story selling matrix, which takes your story and transforms it for every single aspect of your advertising. And also head on over to ronnielieber.com, which actually works in tandem with what I just told you about on how to create events that entertain, inspire, and educate while delivering the voice, or well, basically help you figure out your own voice, your own personality, and most importantly, give you the tools to get ahead in your business by being yourself. So with that being said, I'm going to shut my mouth and welcome my guest today, Ronnie Lever. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Adil. Thank you. I'm glad to have you on here, man. All right. So right off the bat, my very first question, I guess a lot of people don't ask, oh, what's your story? Where are you from? I want to change that up ever so slightly. I definitely want to find out one thing more important than the others is this idea of achieving your peak state in any given moment. Now, of course, Tony Robbins talks about physiology and how that basically stands up. Now, my curiosity to you is, how have you interpreted that into your own business, into the way that you do live events that are probably, you do 100 hours of TV a month. That is a lot of time that you got to put your body into that peak state to deliver with retakes and reshoots and everything else. How do you keep that momentum going? And what are those peak states that you put yourself in? Well, that's a great question, actually. And that's a phenomenal thing. I, I'm, when I'm on TV, I'm usually eight hours straight live. And, and that means, of course, it's not just the whole time the camera on me because we are going to have some certain videos that are being played and so on. But it's like you, you need to be in peak state all the time. Like, literally, I, I don't know. Is it allowed to swear on this podcast? or Hells to the fucking yes. So yeah, all the fucking time. You got to be here uh, in peak state. And I, I learned this when I was in sales. Like um, 20 years ago, I worked in sales and, and I, I did door-to-door sales. Best and, way and most soul-cleaving way of doing anything, by the way. If anyone's never done door-to-door sales, soul-cleaving. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible journey. And also, you really get to know yourself and you also get to know human people, like you, you, humanity. And, and how we re- react and how we interact. And, and basically um, what I learned back then was that when I went out the door, no matter what happened at that client, when I went to the next door is the moment that I rang the bell, I had to be fully in showtime mode. I had to be there in peak state. And what does it mean? Uh, you mentioned Tony Robbins. And actually I, I spent basically half of my life with, with Tony and wow. Uh, I'm also a trainer for, for Tony. And, and, and the point is that there are three components to get into peak state that you need to master. Mm-hmm. And, and the first one, as you already mentioned, is your own body, your physiology. Like it's the way that you breathe, the way you stand, the way you, the, the way you use your, your muscles, the, the, your body tension. How, is your, how are your shoulders? Are they back or are you up front? How is your breathing? Are you breathing deep 
or is it very shallow? Um, also, like, what is your, your face expressions? How are they? And, and where do your eyes go? Like, all those kind of things play together. What have you eaten? What have you drunk? Yep. First and foremost, like, or, or did you get drunk? That's going to change your state. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, of course, uh, when it comes to sleep, how much sleep did you get? All those kind of things play into your body. Yeah. The second thing, what you need to master is what do you focus on? Like, what is it that you really focus on? And, and you know this in, in, in the podcast, of course, you're focused on getting value for, for your clients. Yep. You're focused on, on what journey do you want to take them? And the same, of course, applied when I was in sales, that you really need to, you need to be focused on the person who is right in front of you. The moment you're in your head, you, you lose. Like, I'm going to just, sorry to like tangent this, this is the format of the show. I'm sorry, everybody, uh, if this is your first time listening. But the tangent on this is quite interesting because that point, uh, men in the crowd, please listen in, in, intently. That point that he just said there, very powerful when you're in a relationship. Because if you're focusing on you, your partner's not getting the same fun that you are. Focus on them and it doubles everything. Trust and me even worse that. when you're single and going on a date. Exactly. That's the other one too. Yeah. yeah. It's not about you. It's about them and you two having fun together. Trust me, you'll be along on the ride as well. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I, I went out in my single, in my single days when I was on a date, uh, one woman told me that she was on a date with another guy before. And, and that guy was the whole time talking, 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 talking. And she was like, you don't want to know anything about me. And he was like, no, I already Googled you. I know everything. Thank you. Like, and oh. he was, <laughs> so it was the only date. So don't, don't be that, that jerk. <laughs> yeah. Don't be that guy. Don't be that dick. Essentially the other, just a side note on this one. I did have a very similar story with a friend of mine, but the difference is, and this is one thing that I'm guilty for because I'm an extrovert by natural, uh, my natural inclination is to be an extrovert, but it took me a while to learn how to quiet when I'm speaking or like ask questions. Um, it's essentially becoming very, very open who I am. And the second is just simply anything that's asked to me is to ask back and go, okay, what am I curious about you about? And just honestly ask it. It could be something really ridiculous. Like how, what's the weirdest, most embarrassing thing you ever did at school that still slightly haunts you at night? Well, that is a great question. You want me to close the loop first about getting yeah. a pizza? Oh, no, no. We will definitely go back. We're going right back into that. And this is just like a fun little side note. Let's get back to the main journey, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I talked about the body. I talked about the focus. Because as we know where focus goes, energy flows. Yep. It's like it's going to make a difference what you focus on. If you focus on what was great today, if you focus on what is great in your life today, what you can be thankful for, what you can be, uh, what, what is incredible, the people that, are, that you love, it's going to be a whole different story than if you focus on the things that just went bad or things that, that you're not getting, that, you're, that other people are getting, but you are the one who is getting left out and so on. That, that's going to change your whole state immediately. Yep. And the third thing is the words that you're using. Like, what is it? What is the language that you're using? I'm not, I'm not talking about like English or German or Spanish or whatever. It is about what are you saying? What's the conversation going on inside your head? Like, because that's, that's the first thing. It's one thing is the conversation with others, but even more, we're having more often, a lot more often a conversation with ourselves. And, and so many of us are experts and masters in beating ourselves up yep. constantly. And, and like, oh my God, I should have done this better. Oh my God, no, why did I do that? 
ah, oh, that sucks, or I suck, or whatever you say to yourself. Don't do that. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be that guy either. Yep. Be the guy who, and you are the, you are the master with words. Like, be the guy that actually says, hey, come on, you can do it the next time. It's okay. It's okay. You got this. You got this. And celebrate the wins. And then when you have the combination of physiology, focus, and also the words that you're using, that's going to determine your state. And, and every state that you're in, every emotion, what is a state? A state is an emotional experience that you're having at the time. Whether you are ecstatic, whether you are depressed, yep. whether you are happy, content, thankful, or frustrated, or whatever it is, there are all three components playing into this. And if you want to change your state, if you want to get into peak state, you need to know what are the three ingredients that determine a peak state. How is it, for example, if you work in sales, how do I need to show up with my body when, I, when I'm out there? Like when I, when I stand in front of a client, what do I need to focus on? And also what words do I need to use? And then when you know that, and when you have this embodied inside of you, then you're going to win. Yep, I agree. It's one of the most powerful things that you can really do in the human body is actually program its reconditioning systems of how to address things. And a lot of people will be like, yeah, you shouldn't bullshit to yourself. No, please bullshit to yourself. It actually works. <laughs> like one of the best things I actually learned, sorry, just jump in. Was like one of the best things I actually learned was um, in my time, because I was very insecure, very uncertain. Of course, you just, it, it's uh, something that's becoming more prevalent now. And that is identity shifting. If you start pushing yourself to be an identity that you identify with, your body just kind of goes there. Like if you go, oh yeah, I, I work out a couple of times a week versus I have an athletic body and being an athlete is important to me, you change. It's like the craziest thing. You just start doing things. Absolutely. And identity is so, so, so powerful. It's actually the most powerful thing that you have in the human psychology because the strongest forces we have as humans is to stay consistent with who we believe that we are. And, and basically, what is your identity? Identity, everything that you put the word I am in front of, is or becomes your identity. Yep. I couldn't agree more. It's one of the reasons why people that say that I'm an ex-smoker go back to smoking versus people say I'm a non-smoker, never go back ever again. It's just like a big shift in timely. And that's just like a very easy way of everyone at home. Like if you haven't heard that one before, totally works as a reality. Um, this actually builds onto my next question that I have for you that really kind of like works in something I was very interested in. And that is... Um, so the backstory to this is quite simple. I've done some work with like people have worked on the BBC present, like their camera people for the BBC. And they just had me like film different pieces for them. Nothing for TV, just products and stuff with friends. Um, and I keep being told, oh, you've got a natural presenter type energy. I was like, that's cool to know. My curiosity is I have that as an extrovert because I can build connection quickly. If you're an introvert or if you're an extrovert that hasn't really built around the skill set, how do you actually start building that? connection with someone emotionally through the medium of video especially if it's not live video it's like you to a recorded video and everyone gets to see it later like what do you do that is a great question so first of all thank you you're welcome first of all it's all about serving an audience that means that you need the mo as i said before don't be inside your own head think about who is sitting across from you who is that other person and what does that person need 
Like really imagine everything about that person that you can think of. Who is your audience? What are their desires, their wants, their dreams? And also what are their fears? What keeps them awake at night? And basically when you are talking to a camera, for many of us, this is very weird. This is like, oh my God, I'm just talking to a, to a computer or I'm talking to a cell phone, like to a, but to like a little dot. And, and, and by the way, talking to a camera, especially on a computer or a cell phone, the camera is not the picture that you see on the screen. The camera is above it. It's like yep. this little dot that you can hardly see. Yep. And that is very, very important. And why is that? Because if you're just talking to the screen, that means you're always looking down. Yep. The point is you need to be looking directly at the camera because the camera, that means that is the eye of the other person. And one thing is, how can you build this empathy? Think about somebody that you care for, somebody that you love, a best friend, somebody, imagine a person being there, being inside of that camera. And that you just, you know, if you want to ignite certain emotions into somebody, in, in somebody else, who needs to be there first? Who needs to have those emotions first? Oh, you're asking? I thought you were just like, oh, yeah. It basically could be you. Actually, it's either you or them. I'd say you. You need to have the emotions first because you got to be the one that passes it on. Exactly. And you, because if you want to, uh, Antoine de uh, Exante Saperi, the, the author of The Little Prince, if you're aware of that, mm -hmm. he, he wrote, if you want to get people to build a boat with you, it's not about teaching them how to how to do like how to turn the screws, how to use an axe to 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 get the wood and so on. It's about giving them the passion, igniting the fire to sail out into the world. And yeah. that is the point. Like it's really about going over there and thinking who is that person that I want to that I have the potential to change their lives and maybe it's not just changing their lives maybe it's just making their day better because if, if changing your life changing somebody's life sounds out of the world for you don't be intimidated by it just make the other person feel great and there's one more thing actually one more caveat to that that i also learned in sales whatever you say people will not remember what you said they will not remember the exact words that you used. They won't. But they will always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Especially you as a copywriter. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, you are great with words. And I'm sure for you as well, it's not just about the words. The words are a tool to take them on an emotional journey. Am I right? Yep. And the right words actually trigger the right journeys. Like, believe it or not, just as a side note on this for everyone, um, there are so many different ways that a word could literally impact someone based on their, based on their personality, their response to that word, the feeling they've had with that word. For instance, the word cute can evoke either joy, happiness, goofiness, anger, persistence, irritation, it's a huge amount of different feelings, but you got to know how it affects someone based on the words that are being used around it. So it all comes down to creating that emotion. Also, the way you say it is going to totally make something oh, 
a different meaning to it. Exactly. So if you're writing it, you got to be very clear and build that contextual data prior. If you're doing it on video or audio, far easier. By the by, little trick for people that have a whole problem with looking up at cameras. And I was only thinking about it. It's like, damn, that'd be amazing. Um, get I got a something for you. Oh, awesome. A trick for that. Oh, but, but yeah, go ahead. did you oh. want to tell one? Yeah. So the one that I was thinking of was um, if you're using like, I, I'm not using my MacBook when I'm actually using my DSLR, but my MacBook uh, camera or even your uh, regular camera, get like a Polaroid, not Polaroid, sorry, a passport photo and just dot out the eyes, make them just slightly big enough that they can fit over just one of the camera lenses and just place it over there. So you're always looking at that photo and it feels like you're talking to that person. It's actually a great way of maintaining eye contact with, with someone um, on camera and video. I'm looking down at my like MacBook camera, not instead of up at my other one because it's like sizes. But yeah, what's your? I want to know your trick on this. Uh, it's it's quite similar actually, and I prepared something for it. Um, Ooh, nice. Post it, post it notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically, um, I would if I use it in a MacBook, I would make it smaller. Yep. But for example, it's also valid if you're sending a video message on your cell phone. And and here I'm going to show you how. Ooh. Basically, what I do, I put a smiley on it. Right. Yeah. And for example, if I would. If I would be using this on my here on, on my cell phone, basically, what I could do is I could just put it here, and the arrow, of course, should point to where the camera is. Yeah. Yeah. It's also going to hide a bit the screen. That means that you're not so focused on, on looking at yourself because most of us are like, oh, how do I look? Is that okay? Do I look okay? How, how is my hair? Yeah. Don't worry. Check those things before you start. And then just trust yourself. It's okay. Because when you're talking to somebody in a restaurant or whatever, when you're sitting face to face with somebody, you're not going to be sitting there and looking at the mirror the whole time. Unless you're a textbook narcissist. So, so basically, uh, and you, you mentioned something really important as well, like to have it at eye level. Yep. Um, and then I would just be going here. So let's see that you can see this. And, and then I, I have it at my eye level. I have the arrow. I have the smiley. And, and then I can talk with the other person either on a video call or just as a, as a video message. And even I could put some, some points here. Uh, for example, I, I could put some like one, two, three, like some talking points that I want to talk with them yeah. on the post-it note. Which is excellent because that actually really helps out. So everyone at home that might not see this as a video, um, basically, Ronnie basically put like a post note over his phone just above where the camera would be, smiley face, little arrow pointing up so he knows and just like three little bullet points underneath the post-it notes to keep talking points going. Always brilliant that. So that's actually a really great way to actually connect with people on a much more emotional level, um, especially when it comes down to eye contact. As you said, eye contact is everything. Weirdly enough, you can freak someone out with eye contact or you can tell them you love them with eye contact. It's the craziest thing. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this. I believe you might be. Um, they've, owned, they've scientifically proven in the last couple of years that your eyes are not actually, um, they say the eyes are the windows of the soul. It's actually not separate matter. It's, it's crystallized brain matter. So your eyes are not like optic nerves and then connected to the brain. No, they are the brain. This is just like the brain on the outside, which is why when you look at someone in the eyes, you can read them. It's because you are looking at their brain. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That is awesome. I love yeah. that crazy good stuff that comes out when like this is the thing i love about uh science journals you always pick up something weird and new in them um one more thing of, actually about the oops. eyes 
Yes, uh, because because especially when we're so many people, so many people nowadays are in video calls like every day or, or yep. all the time. And then usually what you tend to do if you're not, if you didn't train yourself is you look at the screen, yep. you look at the other person because you want to see how they are looking. And oftentimes you're, you're glancing over like, oh, how do I look like if you're in the corner or where, wherever you are positioned. And the point is you really need to train yourself if you want to impact the other person as like to the maximum, as, as good as possible, like as close to face to face as you can get, train yourself to look at the camera. You will see the other person on, on a peripheral vision. Yeah. It's not going to be the same, obviously, as when you're really looking them right in the face. But still, at the same time, you're going to have so much more impact with your eyes by directly looking at them because the other person will feel you. Exactly. And it's a really powerful tool in its own right on uh, training your brain that way. By the way, if you do have ADHD like myself, uh, a neat little trick that you can do is, well, you can break glances every so often because it's just human too. Um, but it does really work out. Now, what's really interesting, as I said, this is, there's a question that I want to ask that's kind of related to a point that was sent to me, but I really want to ask it in a different way. And that is, when it comes down to preparation of being in front of people's, uh, in, in front of audiences, you know, like having thousands of eyes on you and stuff like that, at seminar stages, Facebook lives, whatever it is, it's not so much what do you do to deal with that. My question to you really is, how do you get over your fear of being seen? If you have the genuine fear of people seeing you, how do you overcome that? That's a great question. And first of all, um, I mean, we know like fear could also stand for false evidence appearing real and so on. And, and, and fear is also an emotional state. Yeah. And, and it's an irrational state. And I mean, it could even get to a phobia. But let's talk about a normal fear here. And the point is that... The fear only exists when you are in your head, when you are just thinking about yourself. The fear goes away the moment that you actually think about what you can, how you can impact somebody else's life, yeah. how you can create something for somebody else. That is one thing. And the fear when you're talking about, for example, stage fright. Mm -hmm. In my experience, stage fright does not exist. It is more the fright of going to the stage. Because usually when you're on it, when you're on the stage and, and it's like, okay, now I'm here. Well, I got to do something and then something happens. But it's more what is going on inside of your head before you're going out there. And this is typically also something that for many of us is totally out of their comfort zone. Yep. And it is about, okay. What does it mean? What impact am I going to make? And also think about what if you don't do it? Yeah. What, is your, what's, what is your cost of missing out? What is your cost of staying where you are? Because you always have a choice to not do it. Oh, yeah. You always have a choice of like, no, I'm not going to do a webinar. I'm not going to do a Facebook Live. I'm not going to go and speak on a stage. And it is your choice. Mm -hmm. The question okay. is, when it comes to your identity again, is that who you are or is that who you want to be? Yeah, that's actually a very true point. Now, 
I, there is like something really interesting that I found out years and years ago, and it's a theory on why we're afraid of being on stage, especially speaking in front of large audiences. Because, you know, uh, public speaking is, I think, the number one fear. It's more scary than death for most people. Like, most people aren't afraid of death. They're like, nope, not going to speak in front of an audience. Um, the reason I can is. I can tell you something, uh, but yeah, go ahead. I can oh, tell no. you something else about that as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. So the, the way that we have that wide to us, or at least the theory that was given to me that actually like really checks out like historically is our ancestors. And of course, with epigenetics kind of being put in play where whatever your ancestor witnesses or carries as a trauma is usually passed on down the generations until it kind of like breaks and heals. Great book, The Gene Keys. If you haven't read it, definitely recommend it. Now, um, the idea behind this is that basically you have a small tribe. Back then you lived 150 300 people at the very most. Sometimes you have big cities and stuff like that, but you always had like a small tribe of people that you lived with. The problem was that if you ended up being, um, if you end up speaking out in the tribe and becoming the person of center of attention and you screwed up or you fucked up basically, uh, what ends up happening is that your tribe would, no one else would like, um, no one want to be with you and your tribe would unceremoniously kick you out, which of course led to the death of your genes. So because of that fear of your genes being ripped out of existence, you genuinely kept, like you either kept your mouth shut and knew your position, or you went out there and truly saw the greatness of, of what the other side could be. Um, and sometimes, of course, some people have their genes rooted out of existence, which is why their ancestors don't live on. But that's a really interesting take on like the whole, it might, at least in my opinion, it was interesting, um, on how we psychologically carry those weights with us throughout time. It's amazing. I love it. And I mean, it could even have costed you alive. Like, for example, if you spoke in front of the Pharaoh for yep. in old Egypt yep. and you were like the, the one who was supposed to entertain the Pharaoh and you were not good enough or he was not entertained, it yep. was your last show. Oh, yeah. Or if you uh, basically uh, not to get religious on anyone here, but like if you look at it from like what Pharaoh of the biblical time did, uh, there are stories like basically he killed people just because they opposed his worldview. Oh, and it's still happening today in some yeah. countries, in a way. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, when you, uh, but let's not get into, yeah, let's not, let's not get into politics and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I wanted to, to share something else because you, you said about like speaking in front of large audiences. Yes. And at least uh, pre-COVID, that was one of the most fun things for me to do. Yeah. And the largest audience that I've had so far was 120,000 people at a time. What? Dude, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And I love it. I love speaking in front of full stadiums and so on. And, and, and basically, here's the point. Because when people ask me, like, how do you do that? It is not about talking from one to 50,000. And it doesn't matter if you're talking to five, to 50, to 5,000, to 50,000 people at a time. It does not. It's like uh, the Luke Skywalker and Yoda scene where it's like, it's only different in your mind. Yeah. The point, like the real thing about it is that you are having a conversation. It's not about you talking to somebody. It's about you having a conversation with someone. And that means you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation just times 50, times 50,000. But you're still having that one-on-one -on -one conversation. That's why yeah. also eye contact in a real audience is so important because you're going to, talk with this person, then you're going to shift over your eye, your eyes to somebody else. And then you're going to talk with that person. It's about really creating that energy yeah. with that person, because 
as you talked that the eyes are actually not just the windows of the soul, but actually are part of your brain. It is about connecting two human souls, two human brains. Yep. Crazy how science basically proves all this stuff now, right? It's just like, yeah, we've been saying this for years and now we have proof. <laughs> it's brilliant. I love uh, it. It's kind of like when science disco, like I could imagine this is exactly what the scientists back in Star Wars might have thought when they first learned the force was a real thing. Like, oh, the force is a real thing. Okay, cool. We accept that's facts now. <laughs> like you manipulate stuff. Um, kind of going back to though, however, I do want to ask you, so we actually covered a lot when it comes down to like how to essentially create live member, but like, we haven't actually gone to how to create them, but we've gone into like the emotional side of how to actually put things together, connect with your audience, which in my opinion, a little bit of the bigger side of how, um, how someone c connects with other people. Now, there are two other questions. That, well, there's more than two questions. But the one I really want to ask more than anything, it kind of goes back to this idea of identity. More importantly, creating that winning mindset. Because you've, worked, you've, you've spoken with Olympic athletes, Al Gore, Tony Robbins, and I can imagine a countless shitload of other people that you've never even gone on to know because they watched you on TV or watched something of you and it connected deeply with them and shifted the way they think. So my question to you, what do you and they have in common that creates what we call, what, or what is known as the winning or winner's mindset? Also, I love that question. Um, I've, been, I've been feeling like I'm kind of hitting a stride here. <laughs> Yeah, you're on a roll. So I believe that, first of all, it's about choosing yourself. It's yes. about choosing who you want to be. Because there is nobody, nobody on this planet who can tell you what you can or cannot do. I mean, there are people that try to, but you it's up to you if you believe it or not. Yep. And so it's up to you what you believe that you can do. And that is so, so, so important. So whatever goal you have, whatever it is that you want to dream of, and, and many people have, I mean, all of us have, have faced some disappointments along the way in our lives, all of us. And I would say that the most successful people on earth have had the most disappointments because they got up again and they tried again. They tried again, they failed, they tried, they failed. In order to be extremely successful, there are an enormous number of failures along the way. And the question is, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with that failure? With that, with that failure? And, and I don't know if you're familiar with Sarah Blakely. Um, Why do I Sarah know Sarah Blakely that is the founder of Spanx. Yes. And, and, and we as men, I didn't know what, what Spanx was before I, I actually heard Sarah Blakely talk. Spanx is some kind of like wonder underwear for women. Leggings. It basically holds in a lot of the, um, it basically pulls in a lot of the tummy fat and a lot of the stuff that. So basically it's, it's like a muscle shirt for men, but for women. Uh, on yeah, the legs. It, it makes I, you look great. I, yeah. I, I, I imagine. And, I'm and they feel comfortable from what I've been told because yeah, growing up around women and most of my friends being women, you learn a thing or two. Yeah, and, and, and I, I heard her speak at a conference. And, and one thing that really, that I loved about it was because Sarah, Sarah Blakely basically built Spanx out of like putting a risk of putting $5,000 of an investment down. And now it's a still privately owned billion dollar company. Yep. So it's incredible what she has built here in less than 20 years. Yeah. And Sarah Blakely said that when she grew up, 
her dad, like she, she realized that many people, many of her friends in school, they were so afraid of failure. They were so afraid of like, oh no, what, how am I going to look? Or, this is going to be so embarrassing. Or like, oh my God, what are the other people going to think of me? And she said her dad, her dad always told her, like every time that they were sitting on a table, what did you fail at today? Or like, what, what did you fail at this week? Really learning for yourself that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Like give yourself the permission to fail. Because think about it. If you're only willing to fail small, how, do you, how can you expect to win big? It's not possible. So really, in, in terms of creating that winning mindset, first of all, be okay with what comes. And do not give up. Like really, don't give up and be hungry. Because the, the, the main difference between the people who do, the few who do, and those who don't, is the hunger. Because yeah. they will figure out a way. If you're hungry enough, if you want it bad enough, we will figure out a way how to do it. Because the how is not the most important thing. When you are starting with the how, you're lost. You need to start with what you really want and why you want it. Even more with the why than what. What is great, but why you want it. If you don't have a strong enough why, you're never going to get there. Think about it, for example, um, if, you, if you get on an airplane, uh, let's take you, you want to go on a journey and you go on an airplane. You know that you want to go, let's say, to New York. Yeah, you know, okay, the, 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 the New York is the what? It's the goal. Yep. You never want to go there. The airplane, in order to get you there, the airplane needs fuel. And you're, that, that also gets you to, through the turbulences, through the air turbulence and everything yep. out there. And the fuel is your why. If your why is not strong enough, you're gonna, you don't want to be the one who runs out of fuel in the middle of the Atlantic. Agreed. I'm going to, I'm actually going to add to this example because I, I think we can take it one step further. Is that okay with you? Sure. I love it. Cool. Uh, just, and there's another quote I need to give you guys just a second because it, it will really embed in your head exactly what we're talking about when it comes to fear. Um, so let's just say that you, you, you fell in love with someone on the other side of the world because that actually does happen because we live in a digital age cameras are a thing you get to know each other you actually know they're real they're not a catfish situation but you're head over heels in love with them what stops you flying over to see them nothing you could say i'm flying to new york from uh i don't know let's just say you're flying from Iraq, uh, no, not Iraq. Iraq's a terrible country to fly from. Um, let's just let, let's just say somewhere deep in Europe, Romania. You decide to fly from Romania to New York. That is exactly the distance you're going to go. A very long distance. You're like, okay, the love of my life is in Romania. I need to go see them. We know each other's there. All right. You already know your how, like the how to get there. Get on a plane. Work hard. Get on a plane. You know the goal and destination is New York City. But your why. Your why is someone loves me over there. I need to go find out if it's a real thing. That curiosity is going to, curiosity is going to drive me. That's going to be more, like that's going to stop you. Like you can get hit with everything under the sun. Your flight gets delayed. Your flight gets canceled. Yet moved to another flight two days later. Someone robs you at the airport. Someone actually, like your plane gets temporarily hijacked. You crash in the Atlantic and you still survive and somehow another plane comes by and they take you to freaking, I don't know, Canada. 
in Canada, you will actually find another way from Canada to get through to the US, to get to New York City, to find the person that you love. Nothing will stop you. And do you know why that's existed? Because I know several people have done it. And more importantly, movies basically make you believe that shit. So I did it. Exactly. Wait, I didn't know you did that. So tell me how you did that. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> my wife moved from Colombia to Vienna. Mm -hmm. uh, for for me and and we we met in in Florida at a, at a UPW from Tony Robbins at a seminar. Funny enough, and my friend's actually attending the the, the digital one today. It, uh, and and it's it's amazing because basically we we did that like we we flew around the world several times basically in order to see each other before we we made the decision. Like we, it's it was an incredible journey and exactly what you were saying. Like nobody's gonna stop you because you know you're committed, yep. and and like a, a very easy example to, to show that. Do you have kids? No, no, I, I have two cats. That's that's two my cats. Case. But but you were a kid, and I'm sure every listener was a kid yeah. as well. And when when a kid starts to learn, uh, starts to learn how to walk. Like I mean, does a kid know how to walk immediately? Nope, not really. So what does the parent do? do he, he stands him up or he stands her up and like okay like come on let's walk and if the if the kid is not able to walk after i don't know after a week or two does the parent say ah, okay you're not a walker just let it leave it out of course not the parent is gonna try how long is it gonna try as long as it takes i mean it exactly took me, it took me two years to learn how to walk so yeah i was slow but, I have no idea how long it took me, but... I asked my parents. They, though I do know that their only response was, you learned how to talk by the time you were six months. Like, you didn't scream. You just started, like, using words. I was like, cool. Makes sense why I like speaking. Um, but I was going to say, so the, the quote that I want everyone to write down that is really powerful is, your fear of looking stupid is what's holding you back. And I, it's not the exact quote I remember. There's another quote, which I'm going to make up on the spot because I'm going to butcher it otherwise. It's essentially, um, your fear of looking stupid is what limits the quality of your life. Because at the end of the day, if you're not afraid of looking stupid, you will do far more things. You will ask out the prettiest guy or girl anywhere or person that you're into anywhere under the sun. You will travel around the world when everyone else says that you're crazy and stupid. Hell, you'll start a business in the middle of a pandemic recession where the world is going crazy. Trust me, you're going to basically meet someone at UPW, start a relationship with them, be called crazy for actually figuring out whether or not this thing is going to work, have them move to Vienna, and guess what? You have a family. Exactly. Life, is, life is all about these crazy-ass risks. Yeah, and I mean, all of those amazing, beautiful stories and inspirational stories from many, many people, they are filled with the, those stories. Yeah. And it's not because those people are special nope. in a way. Like they're, they're just human like you and me, like everybody, uh, like everybody listening right now. Mm -hmm. It's just that they took a decision. And that's the point. You need to take a decision and you need yep. to know why, you, why this is important for you, you, why you need to do this, why this is a must and not a should. Yep. And not a want. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. Oh, yeah. I really Someday. want this thing. Maybe. No. Yeah. We are must. Because, by the way, the so I'm a huge fan of etymology of words, like what, what they mean and how they come from. Uh, the word want, essentially, not the etymology, but the description that our brain actually takes on board is 
I only want this, meaning there is a built-in chance of failure. So if I don't get this, it's like a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pain. It's not, it's not a fun word. Whereas if you use something very simple, such as why is this a must? A must becomes a declaration. It's like a line in the sand versus kind of like, oh, I might get pushed back and die. It's, it's very much that same sense. And um, another really good example of this is the idea of death ground. I don't know if you've ever heard this idea before. No. Uh, so Robert Greene's book, 33 Strategies of War, one of the things that he puts in there is this idea of death ground. I think it's originally from Sun Tzu's Art of War, which is if you're backed into a corner and feel like there is no going back and you're going to die, you will fight and push three to five times harder than you've ever been able to because survival is so strong in us. So the way you tap into that without stressing out the system, tell yourself what you must do and you'll do it. And of course, shift that into your identity and then it becomes easy or simple rather because nothing is easy, everything is simple. It's like the example, like if you want to take an island, you need to burn the boats. Yep, 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 yep. Was it Hannibal or was it, I can't remember which military leader it was, but one of them did that. And that's basically, it became very, very, very famous. Hannibal was in front of Rome and yeah. that's where he got defeated. Yeah. He also did like, yeah. Hannibal's a crazy person, but we love him anyway. <laughs> he had some crazy times. Um, with that being said, however, one of my favorite questions I do want to ask you that is completely off-piste is actually you're the best person to ask this because we've answered a lot about getting into these mindsets, connecting with people and seeing what goes on and how like the, in, the little tidbits and everything else in between. My curiosity is when life, undoubtedly, and I, I know this could be a mindset thing for everyone, which is true, but it does happen. Life sometimes kicks you in the balls when you least expect it. So the question that I have for you is when it has in the past, what did you used to do to get yourself back up? And what do you do today to prevent it? Re oh, what do you do to wear what I call life's cup guard, which is when it tries to kick you in the nuts. It's like, oh, didn't go down. Screw you, life. Uh, that's a fantastic question. And, and you know, especially nowadays, yeah. I think that many of us can relate to that, uh, especially what happened in the last one and a half years. Like, uh, basically, I like my main income has been in events um, yeah. up until 2019. And suddenly, in the beginning of 2020, the pandemic hits, and like my income in 2020 went or my, my revenue went down by 85%. Damn. Like, man, what? the hell are you going to do about that? And you know what I did? I was as calm as, as, as never before in a way. Like it was like being the eye of the tornado because yep. I took a conscious decision. I took a conscious, conscious decision of, all right, what does it mean? And also, what am I going to do about it? Because basically, in, in every single situation, you can take three decisions right now. Mm -hmm. What do you focus on? What does it mean? And what are you going to do because of that? And I decided, okay, what am I going to focus on? I'm going to focus on the things that I can, that are inside of my control. Because I cannot control what's going on with the pandemic. I cannot control what a virus does, what, whatever thing outside of my, my control does, I cannot, but I can control what I focus on. Yep. So I decided I'm going to focus on the things that I can control, which is my business. 
I'm going to focus on what can I create? What can I do? What is needed right now? And usually, especially in terms of, in times of crisis, this is a time of change. And that means when the fearful are usually ones that are standing on the sidelines and are waiting until the time has passed. Let's yep. see what's going to come. But if you're courageous and if you push through, if you push yourself, if you make this a must for you, this is a time of incredible, incredible opportunities out there. Yep. There are so many new businesses or there have been so many new businesses and fields of businesses being created in the last one and a half years, like as, as, as not in the last decades before that. Oh, I agree. There are so many transformations that have happened that so very few people are even looking at. And yeah. The impact is incredible. So it's, it's really, it's all about like focus on the opportunities, not on the obstacles. For example, when you, when you go, um, when you want to become a race driver and you go to driving school, one of the first things that they're going to teach you is you need to have your head to where you want to go. Once again, where focus goes, energy flows. Like if, you're, if your car gets, gets like out of track and you're heading to a wall that is getting closer and closer, and if you're just looking at the wall, oh my God, the wall, the wall, the wall, guess what you're going to hit? The wall. Exactly. So you need to really be focused on where do you want to go? Where's the outcome? Where's the goal? And then the likelihood of you hitting the wall is significantly smaller than when you're just focused on the wall because then you're going to have a 100% chance of hitting it. Yep. And even so, you see this with a lot of F1 cars that actually are doing that. When the driver turns their head, you see the back of their car just spin out because what they're trying to do is stop that force. But look at where their head is going. They always turn with the car because as you do, because you have such small space, you're literally shifting your body in that same direction. Exactly. Or, yeah. or for example, um, there in, in the Midwest and the US, there are oftentimes like streets that are for miles and miles and miles straight ahead. Yep. Like no cars, no houses, nothing. Just holes. Like every, every few hundred meters or so, or every 50, 100 meters, whatever it is, there is a telephone pole. And when you are just, when you're riding there and, and like driving in a car and for hours and hours, and suddenly you see on one of those telephone poles, you see a car wrapped around it, crashed. And you're asking yourself, how is that possible? Because basically there were, let's say, 49 meters, there was nothing. And then just there was this one telephone pole. How could you exactly hit that pole? That is like winning the lottery yep. in a negative way. Yep. And the, the, but the point well, is, depends. when you are, yeah, exactly. When you are actually getting out of control in the car, when you're sitting there like, oh my God, not the pole, not the pole, not the pole. Well, guess what your brain is going to do? Because your brain does not know the word no or not. It it's going to just be focused on the pole, the pole, the pole. So it's really, you need to formulate this positively. And you know this as, as somebody who is uh, keen with words. And then you need to focus on where you want to go and not on where you do not want to go. Yep. Because that's also going to make you fearful. That's what's going to make you procrastinate. Yep. And procrastination is usually just an element of fear. And the, as you said, it's approaching the stage, approaching the task. Once you begin, you just do. It becomes automatic. Um, with that being said, one of my favorite last questions that we have on the show is essentially to ask you this. And I just want you to stick around for a couple of minutes after we finish wrapping in just a moment. What are five... Actually... What are five books, five movies, and five shows that you 
absolutely adore and love to share. Like these are the movies, the shows, the everything. The moment someone asks you any question, your brain goes, "You need to go check this out." All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with books. Um, there are three that come to my mind immediately. One is "The Power of Now," great book by Eckhart Tolle. I love it. It changed my life. "Awakening the Giant Within," Tony Robbins. It changed my life. One is um, the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss. Changed your life. It changed my life. Absolutely. Like those three are absolutely my my like one of they, they are my favorite books ever in terms of changing my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a ton of others. I, for example, Right now, I'm focused on building an online business. I love Russell Brunson's books, for, for example. Yeah. If you're familiar with Russell Brunson, like Expert Secrets, for example. Very also. familiar. I, I know Russell for a long time. so It's fantastic. Also very, very great in terms of like storytelling and learning those kind of things. And hmm, I also love, for example, if you're interested in, in the future of, of what's to come, I also would would um, recommend to check out Peter Diamandis. Yeah, that he's he's fabulous as well. Peter Diamandis, um, the future is faster than you think. It's yeah. from twenty twenty. It's like incredible. It's what's coming ahead now in the next years. Oh yeah, definitely. His uh, partner Steve Kotler is absolutely amazing as well. Love his stuff on the Flow Genome Project. And shout out to those guys. They're brilliant. All right, so movies and then shows as well. What do you got? Movies. I love movies that inspire me. I love, for example, um, one of my all-time favorites is Gladiator. Great. great. Gladiator with Russell Crowe, I think from the year 2000. I yep. love it. It is so amazing. I love, uh, I love the Star Wars movies. Yep. I uh, also, uh, because I think there's so much wisdom in it as yeah, well. There it's, is. it's all the entertainment. I love as well... Whew, what other movies do I love? I actually, that's a great point. I love Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio. Great movie. Because I think it's it's really fantastic. Like, especially when you work in sales, it's a must watch. Oh, yeah. And I will even say just from mindset on sheer ballsiness, great movie. Yeah. I love as well, hmm. Uh, I mean, when I one of my favorite movies also of all time, and, and I don't know why, but but I think it's like the perfect fairy tale in a way was was the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. I I love that. Great. I will always say my favorite Robin Hood is going to be the Disney one from the 1960s, <laughs> the one of the fox. I mean, you can't go wrong with the fox. Of course, of course, of course, I agree. And well. Um, I'm going to go with four movies. Is that okay? Like Ooh, that yes. was, Go for it, yeah. That, that was already four. Cool. I was going to say, I might throw in a fifth one just as a possibility. Rocky. Oh, yeah. Can't oh, go wrong awesome. with Rocky. It's always going to be that. All right, so we got five TV shows. You mean like TV series? Yeah, like stuff that really that you just love. Like you just love watching. It's fun. You talk about it, that kind of thing. You know, um, all right. Like I, I love to be like when I, I love to be entertained when it comes to TV shows, and one of the shows that I just loved was, and it's I mean now it's already like almost ancient. Was uh, Twenty Four? Yep. 
with with Jack Bauer, like mm-hmm. with um, with Keith Keith Sutherland. Yep, I love that show. It was like they, you know, especially from a story from a storytelling aspect, they are like the the godfathers of cliffhangers. Oh yeah, like seriously, like they invented cliffhangers. Either them or The Sopranos. One of the two. It was either one of those two. Well, th- that's from 2001 is when the first season started. Of, 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 I think The Sopranos was a bit later. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, it could be. And so it was, I read this some sometime. Like, I, I've watched this several times. Um, but now several shows, of course, have, have actually um, implemented that. What I loved was Game of Thrones. Love Game of Thrones, except for the last season. Also, exactly. Sopranos. Sopranos, nineteen ninety nine. So it predates it ever so. Oh, really? Slow. Yeah. Wow. Sopranos came up with it, but I was going to say with Game of Thrones, it was brilliant. Had it been spread out a little bit more, yeah. Had it been like given a little bit of spread, would have been happy with it. Season nine would have been a good thing. Oh yeah, and 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 and, and scratch season eight. No, no. Even if you here's the thing: if they kept all the elements of season eight and really built it up would have been brilliant like yeah. slowly seeing Daenerys turn into the crazy okay person. yeah yeah I agree but yeah. like this it was like the pacing was off what? the pacing was what so the hell? so fucking bad like seriously but still have to say I do love Game of Thrones like seasons oh. one through seven I will watch all day I will watch the fu- amazing. like amazing if I'm in a pitch black room I will watch episode three of season eight where the Night King fight happens because it's in pitch black you can't see shit anyway you got to watch it like in pitch black oh, yeah. darkness it was yeah. i loved it really i i remember because it was when it was airing like during the night in 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 europe yep it was on sunday night from sunday to monday the first thing i did on monday morning game before i did anything else i watched the episode of game of thrones <laughs> yeah <Freedom laughs> really. and then on, on the evening i watched it again yeah you know you have to just a little like recall back all right so that's two so um yeah 24 game of thrones um by the way lord of the rings i know this that's that's actually a movie but um that, that's also something that, that, that i really enjoyed yeah lord of the rings always L-O-T-R. right now we're watching uh it's also kind of old lost yep except the last couple of seasons yeah which was um which which was also nice to watch then um i mean when you know it's that's really old but i i always enjoy to watch it i i could watch it over and over and over again was columbo oh man you don't even get me started yeah dude hell's yeah who doesn't know well, actually to be fair a lot of people don't know columbo i only know because my uncle was into it and i used to watch it with him i i love it you know i mean they're from the 60s 70s some of even from the 90s but the i original watched them over and over again that were like for for many years my favorite fall asleep program on tv yep agreed um all right so lost colombo uh um, thrones 24 and then hmm there are some good ones there are some for example um with walter white's uh breaking bad breaking bad yeah that was also i, I enjoyed that a lot as well that was a show I didn't get into, surprisingly. Respect it, but couldn't get into it. It was one of those shows I was like, eh, I, I would have loved you, but no, unfortunately, sorry. It's not, I've not yeah. got time for it. But it's a, it's a great, uh, great wrap-up of shows, though, to be fair. 
But Ronnie, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, my friend. I'm so glad you got to connect. Um, I hope you stick around just for a couple of minutes afterwards. Sure. But guys, have an amazing weekend. Go out, enjoy your Friday, enjoy your Saturday, get your planning on Sunday, look at your peak states, listen back to this. There's so many different areas that we've actually talked about that go through every single thing that you can uh, and physically figure out, which is brilliant. I look forward to speaking to you guys and seeing you on next week's episode. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Visit ronnielieber.com. That's R-O-N-N-Y-L-E-B-E-R.com. You will have the links in the description as always. And have yourself a fantastic weekend. See you guys next week. Bye.